Hello and welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We're back to discuss the final episode in the mini series, The Fall of the House of Usher, The Raven, written by Mike Flanagan and Keel Sanchez, directed once again by Michael Feminari, which did an outstanding job. The cinematography and the directing this episode were just as admirable as the writing and the acting so all over a round of applause for truly a a fascinating and uh intriguing tale about the treacherous roads in which the species leads itself and how those roads can lead you down different paths depending on trauma and circumstance. Everyone doesn't become a monster. Everyone doesn't become a serial killer. You know, they have those three those three indicator factors usually begins with stage one, your parents fuck up your kids. <laughs> Well, um, that actually happens quite often. I think the more I learn historically how much the next generation fucks up their children, (laughs) the more I understand how much that foundation isn't a, a, uh, indicator of a life where you would become a conscienceless monster whose goal at one point was to take all the pain away in the world but ended up transferring all of their pain onto the world in the words of my beloved Ragnar Lothbrook you have to lower yourself to pick up power (laughs) And you have to lower your own morality to do so as well. And from the start, that was, I will be interested to hear in the feedback if Mimi got the answer to her question of what exactly Verna is. Because my conclusion is that she is kind of like karma. She's a, 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 she watches or she's a, um, observer of the karmatic choices that individuals, particular individuals make, as she says, influential people. She's fascinated by the other people in the world, but the influential people, the one that is going to change the world for better and For worse, she's truly invested in that journey and how that road transpires, if you will. And she certainly enjoys watching them indulge in the benefits of the the offer that she provides, but she's there loving the downfall, uh, if you will, 
that happens in in the other side on the other side of that if that made any sense before we jump into the recap and review wherever listed to this podcast podbean stitcher apple podcast spotify wherever good podcast can be found go down to the rating section drop some stars leave a review my social media will be there as well like share subscribe no more feedback to be sent for the raven but we will be having other shows and movies joining the roster you can find that information on my social media that will be below and if you want to send feedback like our couch at gmail.com i cannot accept your resignation those are verna's words looking stunning in that black dress by the way and heels explains that roderick has killed millions not to mention the lives he's irrevocably changed did he think that tally would go unanswered you can't get rid of me bitch i'm not going nowhere i'm not going no fucking where she is tickled that madeline thought she could outwit her with a loophole oh honey oh honey oh Oh, honey the sound of the bell the, the little twinkling bell that we now know is the telltale signs of a man dying absolutely broken along with the wall crumbling behind her was used to magnificent effect because his world his secret the original sin it's all coming crumbling down and then they follow it up with a jump scare that nearly gave me diarrhea I do love how Mike uses horror in different manners to particularly punish the wicked. Pam approaches Lenore after she's called the police and tells her she will effectively retract her statement as her father died tonight and he deserves to be remembered kindly. She reiterates that her father abused her mom, plucked out her teeth. Did you see that happen? Shut your bitch ass up, nigga. Nobody asked you about a bitch ass thing. You shut the fuck up before I knock your fucking head off your shoulder, little ugly ass bitch. Stupid ass bitch. Nigga, I'll kick your fucking heart out your chest, nigga. Better watch the fuck out. Lenore said, clearly you're not hearing me. He abused and mutilated her. If you think you're going near her with another pair of pliers, it will be over my dead fucking body, you ghoul. Yes, queen. Yes, queen. Yes, queen. Then goes to the police to make an additional statement like I might need protection and so does my mother from this man over here that made some very passive aggressive threatening comments and I'm a minor and I don't feel safe. Upon hearing the news Grampus is proud. He's like oh you know who she reminds me of before Madeline gets a shock. How the fuck did he not die? Penn breaks the news that he was voted out by the board with Madeline having taken his place, having orchestrated his downfall. But with the impending death and infinite trauma, is it really important that we remain CEO and COO as if we about to outlast this week. Are you not keeping tally, Madeline? <laughs> he also is fully aware that she orchestrated the suicide as the lesser evil than having Pim take him out that she was perfectly willing 
to have happen. Back in the cozy house that spawned these demons, and from such a holy mother at that, while the DA thinks that Raddock and his family suffered enough after being dethroned and losing all of his children, Augie doesn't feel as if justice has been served and will know what it looks like when he sees it. I hope you do see it, Augie. I am pretty sure you will, as the not-so-dead Madeline rolls around in the basement. Augie, she probably fumbling around like, where is the fucking lock to this shit? <laughs> do I slide it open? How do you get, all, get out of a sarcophagus? Augie wonders why he speaks so highly of Lenore. I know she's not in sarcophagus. I was being facetious. Uh, but does wonder why he doesn't answer her texts. With reluctance and shame, he admits he is most like Tamerlan outsourcing his emotions. Turns out, and as I expected, Annabelle did get custody of the kids, but when they came of age, he simply choked everything of goodness out of them, all emotion out of them, because it reminded him too much of that bit of influence that she had causing her, we learn later on, to kill herself as she couldn't live without them. That's fucked up. Punishment two, my guess in a perfectly typical male reaction of, you gonna leave me? Okay, for daring the choosing to be better, I'm going to make sure you're left with nothing. Lenore didn't lose her grandma's heart, her compass, and combined with grandpa's fire, she is indeed the best of them. At the funeral, he admits he saw Annabelle, who confronted him about how being rich siphoned her children away from her, that he pretty much love-bombed them, not love-bombed them, money bombed them they were less well off but instead of feeding them he starved them until less and less of who they were came back to her until nothing at all they were empty and then they showed up at his doorstep as he mentioned and she says what did you fill them up with roderick what did you have to fill them up with Besides your seething, your seething traumatic experiences that have turned you into the person that only wants to conquer this world. And that's usually an insecurity. That happened to quite few entrepreneurs. Oh, I always forget his name. He's one of the robber barons. But he grew up ridiculously uh, poor and became exceedingly wealthy and then he started laying people off from work because they because he needed to to cut costs and whatever he did to i, I don't know why i can't remember his name right now <laughs> but he had a moment of just because you came from the place of suffering or knowing what it's like to be in the trenches doesn't mean that money cannot absolutely change you or be the inciting factor 
that morphs you to acquire it. She had it wrong now that she truly sees him. He is a man of poverty and may have these deaths are a blessing in disguise as she goes to see her children saying that they died in their childhoods when they were still humane instead of warped. Showing the bullet at the back of the head was a clever reveal. In the past, when Roderick is confronted about his actions, Annabelle is disgusted when he calls Augie an idiot that he would even think that he could come after them. He made his own bed. She says, well, what does that make me? I believe that we were doing the right thing. When she points out he's BFFs with Rufus now, he asserts that they are not done with him. Realizing the man that she loves is someone that she made up, Annabelle leaves. It was a fantasy. It was someone I wanted you to be or believed you to be or saw in you capable of being. But that's because I wanted to believe that. And now I know that that is a fantasy. Gone is the last vestige of light in Roderick's life. Hence the poem, Annabelle that is recited. We are full circle where Roderick is rushed to the hospital after the funeral of his other three children, which, man, the pettiness. I'm going to make you put them in the ground. And then we go back to where it all started. Fortunato Party, 1980. New Year's Eve, unlike what Mimi and I thought, the plan is far more insidiously vengeful, which makes more sense in hindsight, and leans far more into the diabolical nature of it all, that they strategized for two years, or however long it took, for them to not only... Uh, get rid of Rufus but to make sure in absence of him that the only person left to take that throne is Roderick Rufus not only lauds Roderick as his apparent heir to be having talked him up to the board and everyone of his contacts that he did not have and until that moment but is grateful for getting the, the two-year pain off of his ass. Um, Madeline has no issue seeing Roderick take credit for essentially what is her plan because in many ways she is the ghost inside of the machine. that they portray that women can be just as ruthless and in the end of this particular tale be far less empathetic or or regretful of their actions there's no shame in what she perceives as what she was always entitled to due to the grandiosity of who she believed herself to be 
And I'm glad that they painted a female in that light because usually the male is the one that takes that mantle and yet it's Roderick who's the one that is absolutely hampered down and broken by the decision that he made so long ago because Madeline really had nothing to lose beside herself but Roderick uh, made no made no qualms about sacrificing what he ultimately was masking which was a need for and a desire for even if he didn't even know what to and how to um, raise these children. Uh, both are feeling even more eager for events to unfold after hearing that Rufus lied and stated they worked to, uh, together to do this plan. And did he just slap him? You're going to learn today. I feel like even in a playful manner, slapping my face is a no-no. Madeline supplies the sherry that Rufus clearly doesn't know. Even I clocked that. And I don't know the difference between sherry and... What is the other one she mentioned? Because I don't do that much alcohol. But already is declaring its value. Which is an insight into the man that Rufus is. I I'm a con artist. I can sell you whatever needs to be sold. And that's exactly what he does. And it's become so ingrained into his persona, he no longer knows who his true self is. Rufus is someone who does a lot of talking, portrays a lot of confidence, but ultimately he just happened to be born with the right connections, capitalizing on other people's ideas, their genius, likely the least actual smartest person in the room but staunchly adept at portraying that. The once poet Roderick effectively resumed his mantle by using these exact tactics, hiding the underlining stain of commonality. The man in black was the exact same way in Westworld. How no matter how powerful he became, how he was the richest man on the planet, that one sentence about him not knowing the difference between certain books and his wife having to cover for him, that insecurity stain that never rubs out will always be there causing them to lash out because they in themselves know that they are, even if they never admit it, part of them is consciously aware of the the falseness of the persona that they are portraying even if they've disconnected so far that it's no longer a mask their plan unfolds as he takes mads to his new building once roderick is uh, in the bathroom because he thinks he's gonna get some hanky panky from her she licked his ear he thinks the cold fish hath warmed, which is true, except the heat is pure rage. I'm about to end this man's whole career. 
They murder Rufus by walling him up in his jester outfit because he's the fool alive to suffer and suffocate in the dark, even though he did get the cyanide. After telling him about how he was effectively a tool in their plan to rid themselves of the old brass and promote Roderick to begin the company anew with his drug Ligadone to bail them out of the tailspin rufus created all assuming that he ran off to a beach without extradition and since everyone is gone for a week and no one's gonna hear you scream you might as well admit defeat and he does he goes from blustering to defeated she wrote you are so small not only to transfer that insult to him but to wall up that insult having any impact on herself. So Annabelle did stab and stab where it hurt. Like you think you're significant, but you are so small. Once the deed is done, Madeline can't believe how much he didn't know about Sherry to taste the cyanide. And Roderick can't believe it's not butter. I'm joking. Can't believe he is quieter than they expected because in truth, they are that small they talk and emanate this greatness and awe and while madeline you know as taking a a terminology from mimi says it with her full chest he was always cowering from the monster he truly was but in the end they're the most pitiful of cowards they decide to go somewhere to be seen, which is how they end up at Verna's magical bar. Likely her sniffing out their pain turned murder. and was like, I sense an opportunity. Madeline admits wealth isn't worth it if it means serving at the pleasure of a man by exploiting her sexuality to get it, which is why her brother makes the perfect conduit roderick doesn't have a threshold that he isn't willing to cross but i can't help and i still i'm going to maintain this is that there is there was an opportunity for roderick to to be brought into the light in ways that if his sister wasn't on his other shoulder he might have he might have gone a different way but she simply um what's the word i'm looking for when you're hanging out with someone that brings out the worst side of you all she's doing is um exasperating that side of his persona Oh, Verna wonders what they will be willing to give no matter how precious to have all the wealth and success they clearly feel they deserve for a lifetime. Madeline knows that her mother's philosophy was that the meek will inherit the earth. And since she died in a pauper's grave in the back fucking yard, that's for the birds. Chaos, power, leverage. These are the things that she sees the world in and to go out in that world you have to become a shark you have to be a killer 
Verna lays out her cards and admits she knows exactly what they've done when they try to demure that they're not killers. And she can guarantee that they will get away with it and more. The company is theirs to do with as they please and proposes their one murderous act effectively can possibly be atoned for, alleviated by a lifetime of doing altruistic things, doing things to help people. I love how they didn't even consider that for five seconds, maybe because it's an impossibility, but I don't think so. I think there are truly people out there that for all the bad things like Bill Gates, they make sure they've dropped billions of fucking dollars on charity and good things in the world because ultimately it's a balance. The world has a way of balancing out the evil and the good. We all live in the gray and time will tell and has shown that that balancing act is it's for it's getting for the better no matter how many back steps we take <laughs> man do we take a lot of fucking back steps but hey, hey, hey we're still babies in the in the grand scale of things um they clearly did what she expected but hoped that they wouldn't which was become corrupted as corrupted as the people they so because in in some ways you can justify the murder of rufus he was a man that needed to be taken down even if it was for more personal and gratifying reasons but believe it or not that that sometimes happens (laughs) it's like okay this has to come down before like I guess a good example would be the Russian revolution. Some would argue that living under the, the backwards way in which the country was uh, and the murders and, you know, killing the whole royal, royal family and all that was so they could usher in a better solution to all of the bad things that were happening previously but once you're in that seat of power the goal is to try to do more good than more than harm but but when you're doing more harm or you're worse than the person that came before you then you're not you never were doing it for the right reasons it was always for the personal ones if that made any sense There are no such things as souls to bargain with, which is good because they would already be damn one brick at a time. I'm not judging. I'm judging a little. I'm not going to lie. She tells them, no, no, no. The price will be deferred. You won't even have to pay it. The next generation will foot the bill. And that's exactly as I've already pointed out. uh, How many people in those influential positions feel like, oh, this will happen in about a hundred years. I'm not going to be around when that happens. So that's not my problem. I'm going to get mine while I am actually here to get it and enjoy it. Very apropos that it's never those that are at the head of things that suffer the most. Robert Barons died happily. Just before Roderick is about to die, telling him, he will live longer than any usher man. I would have been looking up 
the <laughs> like hold on let's let's bring up the the family lineage here how long is the longest because if 65 is the longest that's not a great deal it's not a great deal <laughs> But when he's about to naturally die, that's when she will collect her due. They'll have 50 years of a gilded life, those children that you're going to sacrifice. And then, hey, you all take a bow together. Roderick immediately takes the offer. He's like, fine, I want what I want. I'm tired of being, because he's already lost what he's lost. He's not going to get Annabelle back. The only thing that was leashing him is is no longer or who had a chance of influencing him is no longer a factor so yeah he's all in madeline tried to avert the risky commitment because she's that type of woman but she makes sure everyone signs verna on the dotted line and seals their fate with a drink from a very familiar flask supposed to drink this on the greatest day of your life and on the last day on earth which is two occasions that they did indeed drink from this bottle. Afterwards, they convinced themselves it was all a dream. <laughs> to his credit, August doesn't call bullshit, only astounded by the extent in which one is willing to go for a life full of flippant desires. These niggas crazy as fuck. He's like, wait a minute, I was paying attention. You said Pim Pim found her, found her where she was always at, which was at their home, meaning that she may have, may have been invested in them from, from infancy. Pim gets his date with the Verna <laughs> after allowing him to succeed in what he does best, needing to see his brilliance up close. They talk about the transatlantic globe expedition where Pim saw the worst of their species something happening to an inuit woman and knows that they are not but a virus as verna points out there's always enough in humanity and yet humanity chooses to invest not in its happiness and well-being but in its more primordial basedness and let's face it it's mostly facilitated by men Female presidents in other countries have been shown logistically out there as a sidebar to improve the state of affairs far more than their predecessors. Mayhap we haven't had power enough to have a club to indoctrinate each factory protege, but for right now, our ability to empathize and willingness to talk about our problems and solve them make females better pro better politicians, I think. Verna came topside because humans are an interesting kind of virus because we don't all mutate the same. Not all viruses are bad. There are some can even help humans. Some that are even necessary for human survival. But Verna has seen Pym before and is a fan because she saw him during that expedition, just not partaking, but definitely not condemning, and offers 
him some immunity that he has been receiving due to his proximity to the ushers versus his own particular self-immunity and he himself says look i got limits (laughs) if i need to cut ties i will corporate justice in this world is a punchline ain't it the truth i cannot tell you how many youtube videos i've watched of disasters or misjustices of carriage or corruption and some of these incidents they kill hundreds of people and not only do the victims barely get any paydays for their loss the perpetrators are slapped on a wrist with a fine or a suspended prison sentence or limited prison if at all uh and the benefactor of the disaster in itself well that's the u.s government so they have now an increased three million to up the military budget so that we can go and maintain our supremacy so that everyone doesn't have everything we have at all and that and it's just not an american thing don't 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 let me uh don't let me have you thinking that this is just for the ones on this continent but yeah that's that's how these things happen it's common very very common that if you have a certain amount of wealth in this world there are no consequences for you every once in a while it's so it's absolutely so um it gets to the right people where you know they're brought to some level of justice right we, we catch a big whale but there are a lot of whales out there or killer sharks verna only wants true assets in life which is those that have value and that is people themselves but because Pim has never lived a life where anyone can have any leverage on him He has nothing to offer to get himself out of going down with the ship, spending the rest of his life in federal prison since Camille kept a foul on everyone, including him. It's rather sad and shows how bankrupt, that's a continued theme, that these people truly are, despite having the materialistic things that allow them to escape the responsibility of their actions and there is no worse face fate than dying alone i worked in a nursing home and i even worked in a uh, adult mental health facility uh for 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 adults that had mental health issues but like physical and mental handicapped issues and and those without families it's 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 humbling it truly is there's there's no you're not gonna know it until you see it the minute they went back to lenore i knew no god no god please no 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 
She talks Grampus in and tells him plainly and with love that your company is bad. We did bad things. And even though she is innocent, she accepts the legacy or the responsibility of her legacy and implores him to fix things, to let it all go and put the money to good use. Even though she knows it, she still sticks with her family, like that they've done bad things. Roderick admits Juno is not to be blamed for needing to get the help that she so very much deserves and Lenore doesn't intend to go anywhere. Grandpa seemed to think that she would be the saving grace taking over the company in the end. He's like, oh, you can stay. I'll have a room made up for you. But she's like, I already take care of that because I am an independent woman. Just as she cleans herself, Verna is waiting on the bed, upset people don't think about just how much they will actually lose when she says the entire bloodline. They think about the immediate needs and they don't think about the long-term consequences and inquires her to sit. It's difficult for Verna. She is visibly upset. She loves her job most days, but tells her this is not one of those days that she does and that her mother will eventually get better she'll go through a lot of skin graft but she'll be strong she'll recover she'll inherit a fortune from the fortunato downfall only to give most away for abused women but she will start a nonprofit organization that helps a little bit at first then a little bit more but Later on down the years and over time, three million lives are saved and changed. And it's all because of the choice that she made that echoes through time, which is a small solace before a peaceful death. I have a question for God. Why? (laughs) I was so set up. Y'all know I don't like crying. And just as I thought, okay, okay, he's just going to skeech up out of the house. (laughs) But no, they had to take my baby girl. He finds his granddaughter dead before reciting another poem, which I wasn't even trying to hear. I was like, baby girl is dead. But because this really was the the last bit of bending before he officially broke even though he's already mentally unstable and the way in which he was juxtaposed with the recitation and the raven circling around as if this is the final and most atrocious uh, heartbreaking thing of it all having Eleanor in the background as well he drives barefoot in his own car for the first time in years she said good for you why because you're back down to earth with the rest of us mere mortals verna dismisses his justifications that he continues to point out to his deceased children and grandchild showing him outside the window his true body count he is in the top five she wonders if he came to look at his pyramid his tower for the last time to say or try to convince himself, you know, I left 
or I did something good. He wants to have pride, but she's she clearly takes that away from him. <laughs> like, no, no, no. All these deaths, this is your monument. Vern is the one who demanded Dupont be brought to see his justice being served. The last thing to wrap up is one Madeline Usher, a woman who is proud to have pulled them up from the poverty bootstraps and trauma. She absolves herself speaking to her brother in the basement over liqueur after wondering why he brought all of the Egyptian things here. He's like, well, this is our, this is our tomb and they should have our special things for the afterlife. It's that continued fantasy, that shared delusion, which they thought was the conversation with Verna to begin with. She absolves herself of any ounce of blame, blaming the consumers like, hey, we just made a pill and we marketed it good. No one told you to buy it. No one told you to keep taking it. Of course, this is how these type of people, uh, uh, I know I've said justify a million times, but that's exactly what it is. They're coming up with all the excuses that says, I'm not the problem. You can't blame me. And while sure, certainly free will should never not be accounted for when you have a market where there's an algorithm that is psychologically uh, psychologically developed to mentally manipulate what is in fact a far sheepish population than any of us really want to acknowledge. Not to mention you're targeting lower income and uneducated folks. So two thirds maybe because the, the wealth gap is, and we're not talking about just in America, right? Get that out of your brain. We're not talking about just in America. You look at other people in the world with a poverty gap. Yeah, it gets wider and wider and wider. So those are the places that these drills are, these pills are mostly being pimped out by. Um, and she sees nothing but a success story. There's no shame in that. You're just mad we were smarter and better. Self-control. <laughs> if the populace doesn't practice it, then who are we to feel guilty for their decisions? The sad thing about oxycodone when it first came out, because I can even remember this when I was growing up, and I, I got in a car accident, and man, I would be like, I have head pain, I have back pain, nothing too bad. And I'd walk out of the ER with a 30-day prescription of usually Percocet or some type of oxycodone. I was 18 at the time. I didn't know nothing other than the doctors are smart and they provide things for me because that's how we've been trained to see that field especially if you're coming from i mean hell my parents didn't even want to go to the doctor they avoided it because it's like we don't want no bills we can't afford these bills to be paid so everything was try is try to home remedy first unless we absolutely have to 
And then not only would they give me this oxycodone 30 day prescription, I'd have a fucking refill. Do you know how stupid that is for a car accident? I am suffering right now with a, well, non-existent rotator cuff and I've got taken one narcotic. It sucks. I hate it. I want to take my arm off some days and I've still not gotten to the point where I'm taking an oxycodone. Part of me wants to, but because I am now far more educated than I used to be by my own accord. And and like I said, we're dealing in a society where most of it is sheep. So you don't have people who are going to get that emotional intelligence or, or put in the time and effort to actually research these things because our brains are naturally, as we know, scientifically predisposition to being lazy as fuck. Not to mention these drugs is cheap. You get a, a, a oxycodone filled at the prescription is $5. You go get some uh, moxicillin, which is an anti-inflammatory. It's $17. Make it make sense. She admits she did get an, I, <laughs> an IUD to never put more than herself on the line. And that's the only thing that I gave her credit for, for not being selfish. You were selfish, Roderick. You wanted to have, even though it's not a statement, you wanted to have your cake. You wanted to eat it too. And it didn't work out. Roderick says, you know how I am. What, you're genetically predispositioned to stick your dick in whatever it likes? Come on, sir. That's not it. <laughs> it's not a good excuse. Good enough excuse. Wow, I'm putting all my words together. His lover and sister shines as he listens to her once again stand proud and unapologetic for the queen that she proclaimed herself to be from the moment she entered existence. And he is a man who has grown up in awe of powerful women and admires her in spite of himself. But he does know that she deserves to die under her own delusion. And he's the one that wants to, in his mind, gift her with that. But ultimately, it's a twist of poetic justice because... He used her own deception of putting the cyanide in her drink. She trusts her brother like no other person. And what's the one thing she never wanted was to be under the control of a man. Not to say that she was under the control of a man, but she allowed a man to get the last laugh on her. Rather, he's thinking he's doing it for altruistic reasons or not. (laughs) He was taken out by the person you least expected it to. And then he prepares her her for mummification. He references Tereset. That's the Egyptian goddess queen that he most associates her with. Augie takes fratricide in stride. White people be like, For a black man, he's also taken something is definitely fucking going on in the basement very calmly. (laughs) 
Knowing he has access to a weapon in the front door, I'm surprised he hasn't pulled out one and been out the other. That's when Roderick realizes his death will be as he's asking, like, did you finish the job? Because, bruh, something is alive down there. And he says, oh, yeah. This happened to my mom, too. And he gets his own brand of poetic justice. His mom killed a powerful man and he loved her for it. His sister kills a powerful man and he loves her for it. Even if he's that powerful man in which uh, she's killing. <laughs> but it's trauma coming back full full circle. And as a child, he didn't realize when that moment was happening that he was seeing his own fate. The roof starts collapsing. The whole entire home starts collapse, collapsing. His last confession is one of honesty, Roderick. I knew I was going to rise to power on a pile of corpses. There is no such thing as a painkiller. I am what I am and I deserve exactly what happens to me just as Madeline shows up. I would say the tension with Augie looking at the door into the blackness with the thudding was immaculate with his face. And then the last words from Roderick being nevermore, the last thing he gets from his granddaughter the last piece of what is his granddaughter um is the last words that he says outside of the rubble he sees verna eyes spooky as hell before she transitions into a raven i'm worried about august catching pneumonia but he was fine he does a prologue where he retires because his case is over and honestly he got what he needed. Juno inherited it all and liquidated, giving it to drug and addiction research. She got herself clean. Pym was arrested after Camille's assistance handed over evidence and now will die in jail. I did it my way. Augie visits Roderick's graveyard and tells Roderick that you really fucked up the world, man. But it will heal. We are putting and implementing things in place. It's going to take time. But eventually, because we have a self-cleansing machine, the world will find its balance. And while your confession was definitely interesting, actually, the world doesn't, doesn't need to hear whatever you're trying to say to abstain yourself or substantiate your actions men like you don't deserve your moment to have your last uh, your last words be known and he says i'm the richest man in the world because i have love and i have family Verna leaves her own mementos a mask for prospero a phone for camille a cat collar for leo the heart mesh for victorine the gold bug seal for tamerlane coke for roderick i would have just given a middle finger (laughs) a beautiful black feather with a white rose for lenore the egyptian eyes for madeline and a tumbler for roderick as she recites more poetry and that is the end of a fascinating and wondrous journey. 
I did look a cup up a couple of things. Tara said she was said to have ruled Egypt for seven years. Uh, she inherited the or her royal name Setre Meriamun means daughter of Ray, beloved of Amun, last known ruler of the final pharaoh of the nineteenth dynasty. So, in case you want to know more information on her, she was a real person, and I, I, I didn't find too much exciting about her reign. Trans Globe Expedition also was a real expedition. I didn't find any scandalish, scandalish, scandalous, scandalous goings on there but the expedition started in 1979 and ended sometime in 1982 led by british adventurer sir randolph fines the transglobe expedition took participants on a long uh longid i've never even seen that word longitudinal north south journey from one pole to another through surface transport the journey was marred with with several challenges including harsh weather conditions and physical and mental toll of prolonged isolation so maybe there are stories that we don't know about in the regular world of gossip but maybe there's some things that people are in the know know about curious if you have anything you can definitely put that below and I think I have given all my thoughts and feelings, but we are not through. We have feedback. So let's hop into the mailbag. Mail, motherfucker. What up, Stina? This is Mimi. This is feedback for the fall of the House of Usher. This would be the series finale, episode eight. Um, hopefully this, this version six, because the last one, three minutes in, it just froze and it paused and I unpaused it and I was talking and then I see nothing was recording. So I just had to start over. So I hate Apple so much. I wish I didn't have an iPhone I wish I never would have got one because it is the bane of my existence whenever there's an update my shit fuck up and it never fails I feel like if I was on the Android team like promotion I don't know what the hell it's called I have this idea what they should do is they should take advantage of the fact that people feel trapped with Apple they should be like if you are ready to make the jump to a Samsung phone because you're sick of Apple and their random raggedy ass updates we will we will give you this sweet ass deal where they should do is they should bundle they were like you turn in your MacBook your iWatch your AirPods your iPhone your what else is it whatever all of your apple stuff and we will give you this sweet deal um they should make like we'll give you all this stuff you just pay for the phone or we'll you 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 buy all this stuff and we'll give you a free phone or some shit like that 
because the only thing keeping me from jumping ship is the fact that all my Apple stuff is connected. And if I get rid of my iPhone, then all of my other stuff is fucking useless. Um, because it all is attached to the iPhone, which is very clever at Apple, but it makes us all feel trapped. <sighs> I'm done with my rant. Anyway, um, so before I get into this feedback, I do have a request from you, ma'am. Now, I know what you're going to say. Like, I post everything that I am recording online, and I have a schedule. Yes, I understand that. But I just want you to understand that I don't know where the disconnect happened because I, I do look at the schedule. But for some reason, I'm just really discombobulated on what we're watching and what, what we're no longer watching, what we got rid of, what we decided to keep. <laughs> I know we're supposed to be doing upload. I don't even remember the last episode I saw. I don't remember the number. I don't even remember what it was about. Um, I'm going to watch an episode today and whatever episode it's on, that's where I'm going to start because I really have no idea what's going on. I think it probably started when you were on vacation and then when you left your um, laptop in um, Jamaica, so we had that week off. I think I got sidetracked with other shows and I just completely missed over what we're supposed to be doing. So I just need you to tell me exactly what we're watching, like just in general. I know we're not doing um, Invincible anymore, but weren't we doing The Changeling? I, I don't remember what happened with that. I do know that I watched a couple episodes and it was interesting and then I lost sight, lost interest, and just forgot it existed. But when I was on Apple, I saw, I was like, oh shoot, that is the show we were watching. I don't think we're watching it anymore. Am I right? <laughs> um, I, I don't have any idea what's going on so I just need you to help me fix my brain um, anywho um, let's start with my feedback for this uh, final episode of the fall of house of usher um, we still don't quite know what that entity is like I said I don't believe it's the devil I feel like it's something that walks around earth you know tempting me I'm sure there's a name for it and maybe they did say it but I just missed it so just let me in on that but I will say that Roderick is way more trash than I ever would have imagined because he is so full of shit he is like the worst kind of human now let's just give him the benefit of the doubt let's just say that this you thought this was a dream because you guys were in that um you were in that bar because you killed the ceo of fortunato you decided to um build him into the wall alive might i add but he was just in the wall and y'all let him suffocate to death and he did been down there for 50 years um and you needed an alibi and because you roderick always listened to madeline you um just went you went along with it okay but then she says you know what if i can make it so that all your dreams come true everything you touch is gold blah 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 um 
but all you know I don't want your soul because that's too easy I want you I want your entire bloodline not just your kids not just one child your entire bloodline like do you not understand what that means like I am absolutely ba just beyond bamboozled he already had kids like are you fucking kidding me so you decided that being rich beyond the amount of money you could ever spend in your lifetime was worth your entire bloodline like I, <laughs> I just cannot comprehend how even if you thought that was a dream you would be okay with your decision I would hope in my dream I would say no I just <laughs> I really can't even believe it but then when you like you can pretend like you forgot but when everything you wanted ever came to he says you know we were so focused on not getting caught blah 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 we thought it was a dream and eventually we just forgot about it I I'm just <laughs> entire bloodline it, it's like Madeline is it Madison it's Madison his sister whatever the fuck her name is let's just call her Maddie she didn't have kids and it sounded like she never planned on having any even before this so it was just gonna be her that was dead like okay she was she was okay with um, that being the case like all right I'll just die and she she was married a couple times it sounds like it but they wanted kids she did it um, Tamberlin didn't want any kids um Prospero was too busy being a fuckboy and so was his brother like and then um Victorine was a lesbian so she didn't have any kids either and technically like I feel like if she did have kids that would have been his bloodline if it was adopted but no they're rich enough they could have got a surrogate but her relationship was fucked anyway so she was never gonna have kids but he had a granddaughter um, Eleanor and this whole time like in our mind we're thinking that Roderick just gave up his children not his entire bloodline and when the realization hit me that Eleanor was gonna die I was livid I wasn't even like sad at first I was mad like how the fuck could you do that everything you got you deserve like what a piece of shit like how could you just look at your daughter your granddaughter love her so much think the world of her and just not even care that she was gonna die like in the back of your mind not once did you ever even consider that that dream was real even though all of your dreams came true and you got more money than you could ever imagine um, just crazy her death was so unexpected it hit me right in the core and I'm not gonna lie I cried um, at least she didn't have a terrible death and I like how the entity shared with her you know that her mother got a portion of the inheritance which side note that was nice of Juno the fact that she got everything I died like that look at that oh my god I don't know why I'm so popular today nobody called me literally nobody called me all all of my days off but the one day I'm working I just keep getting phone calls anyway um 
I was talking about Juno getting all of that money. I don't know what she could have possibly spent the money on other than what she did. It was, I'm sure it was so much. Um, we know because um, when the lady was talking to, um, I forget what his name is, the lawyer that was really a goon, um, I would like to see his actual transcripts of being a lawyer because I feel like he probably wasn't. Um, it sounds like he was a military man and somehow ended up with Roderick. Um, I would even go as far as say he doesn't have a degree, but that's neither here nor there. Um, you know, the money was, you know, split up and I, I, it doesn't really matter, but Juno was the one that ended up with it. Good for her. And it was nice of her to give uh, Eleanor's mom some. And it's good to know that, you know, after a couple of years, she, you know, the painful surgeries, the uh, physical therapy, you know, she, it was hard. It was a struggle, but she made it through. I'm glad. I'm glad we got that information. I'm happy for her. Um, I just, I, I just can't even imagine how she feels because she was paralyzed, not incapacitated, not unconscious. So she knew exactly what her husband did to her. Um, hopefully, you know, with all the surgeries, she was able to get some um, dental implants and not dentures because she was too young to have dentures. Anyway, um, then we can go on and go to... Um, what happened at the funeral because uh, we we saw that um, Annabeth was there um, Roderick's ex-wife and it looks as though she killed herself because she could have lived without her kids um, this probably came into uh, the his him winning every battle is probably the real reason why he ended up with his kids like being rich because he's rich yes but he should have to give you some of that money to take care of the kids so i think that the real reason that she lost her kids was because of the the deal that he made he won every battle um and i can't believe he's surprised that she would win full custody he's garbage um that's sad. Um, she died. She and she clearly looked young, so she was still her same age when she died. Um, she wasn't old, um, like Roderick. She looked like she was still in her twenties when she died, um, maybe in her thirties. She said the kids were teenagers, so maybe she was in her late thirties when she killed herself. That's sad. Um, what else? Uh, Madeline, Matt, Madison, with her, um, she she died as a she was infatuated with uh, Egypt, uh, like those uh, rituals, and or I should say they were, and eternal life. I guess she <laughs> wasn't so easy to kill. That was terrible. Um, what else? There's there's something else I know that I'm forgetting um, that was important. I don't remember, but I will end it with saying um, it 
you know, it, the ending was a little more anticlimactic than I would have, um, like, the, the actual, like, end-end, you know, with the, the tombstones, and then, like, she put the, the little tokens next to it. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I wanted, like, a reveal of what that creature was, like, how they find their victims. We saw the pictures um, with all of those, you know, significant historical figures. Um, I wanted to know, you know, what kind of entity it was. Um, but I'm glad Augie <laughs> was like, at this point, it don't matter. You lost everything. Who cares about you going for murder? Um, and he got was able to live his life and be happy for once. He deserved it. Um, and, you know, with all the money that, um, or I should say all the money, all of the lives that Roderick ruined because we saw when they were all in the little um, office and we saw all of his kids and Lenore was like dead center and we saw those like the bodies falling and those were representatives of representations of all the people that he had a hand in killing it sounds like his money was put to good use and eventually you know they, they were able to save millions I don't know if it balances everything out but it, it's you know good to know that his money was was utilized in a way that was beneficial um, thanks to Juno and Lenore's mom um, I think that's all I have so I will end it here until next time love peace hair grease the black girl magic queen of the couch Mimi out Thank you, Mimi, as always, for your thoughts on the the show, the finale. I'm glad we went on this uh, journey together. A few notes here. I'm glad that you liked the finale, even though it was a little anticlimactic for you towards the end. I I, I thought it was a good prologue. Uh, I think the the part, if it had just ended with him outside of the house, maybe that would have been more which is why I think that's the prologue. He wanted moral vindication, but realized sometimes everyone can't be punished and we should have, may have not become so bitter about seeking, um, holding people accountable to the fullest extent of what you feel is their accountability. I think that was Augie's lesson throughout it all. Uh, that he he has people at home that love him and support him and all the right things and he has a legacy that actually gets to go on uh, whereas yeah you have this legacy but it's it's just a house of cards that crumble and will never be forgotten in the history as anything than the tragedy and uh, what it is the footnote that you really are to it um she got the the i'm talking about Juno. she got the estate like the everything roderick had left over that's what she got essentially the company maury who was married to still married to froderick she gets her own settlement so Juno didn't give her any money as from what I gathered she gets her widowhood pension he probably didn't sign a prenup uh, and, and she gets her own piece of the pie 
it's rather sad that her daughter dies after saving her life a child should never have to die for their parent or their grandparents uh what did i mean by this he assumed he did it you deny something so oh yeah it was about how the brain like yeah our brain is a very powerful tool it is uh ridiculously capable of re-changing our understanding our memories or recollection of events it's why they really want to stop having eyewitness testimony because it's not reliable because you yourself are consistently an unreliable uh, narrator and it's not even something you consciously do your body already does it so imagine if you are someone who is like Roderick well that becomes a lot easier especially as you've already divorced yourself from your humanity so to speak and yes Roderick was truly a horrible person I know it felt and may have felt as if I was making caveats for him, but I think it is to be noted that there was a uh, a crossing roads moment for Roderick, more so than with Madeline, with the introduction of Annabelle, where he could have listened to another voice Uh, another reasonable voice that had just as much power and influence on not only himself but his heart and he chose not to he sacrificed that and as he acknowledged himself it's because he embraced what he wanted due to how he felt uh, due to Madeline also influencing this grandiose idea of who he truly was and i'm sure his mother affected that as well let's not leave her out of it as if she didn't have a hand because she did some people do think the a life of luxury even fleetingly is better than one of anxiety it's why some people are like i would rather die young than get old because the idea is that your best years and your best times are only a certain amount of but that's when you're taking value from things because you're missing more important concepts in your life now on to sidebars outside of the episode um the changeling i lost interest into that show so i did put out an announcement that i was no longer following it because uh i was losing interest (laughs) it may not even though it was very well composed from the episodes four episodes i watched it simply did not personally engage me i had no emotional investment and without that and even analytical investment it's more like eh, i don't really care how this ends and then i kind of got some spoilers that it doesn't end well anyway so (laughs) it's like i'm not gonna waste my time and i'm already not i'm only lackluster as far as upload now missy you know i sent a a a text last night in the group chat maybe not on which episode that's maybe what you're trying to clarify which episode are we on i will do that much let you know when i'm recording that which should be on friday and we are on episode we will be on episode on friday uh let's see 
because I have my thing up here. On episode six. So, yeah, you have to, I think you missed two. And I'm right there with you. I'm about to change phones. And I don't have that same issue of having multiple devices connected to Apple, even though I do have the Apple TV, but that's neither here nor there. And I want a Samsung. I think I'm going to get a Samsung. The thing of it is, is I need to know if a Samsung has Candy Crush. (laughs) As long as it has Candy Crush and I can get words with friends, we're good. Because I knew back in the day, that's the one reason why I didn't get Samsung. Because they tried to keep certain apps from being on both to persuade you one way or another. But I'm sure by now they've they've uh, made all applications available across both carriers android and iphone but yeah i'm glad that you're not the only one that realizes that iphone is shit their shit is shit my youtube just does fucking weird shit and it's usually after the updates too yeah i am giving it so many thumb stars down i think it's definitely over overpriced and uh entirely overblown out of proportion and that's going to conclude our podcast because i do want to invest in some uh some documentary love before i head off to bed if you once again want to send feedback or any of the shows that we'll be doing in the future it's in that at gmail.com my social media as well you'll get that information Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and black magic.